and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. folks, welcome to this week's episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success. I'm here with Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. Now, I'm sure you all know about LinkedIn, I'm sure you're all using LinkedIn, and what we're not going to do is to talk about the latest technical changes and tweaks that have been made to LinkedIn, because obviously as a, as a social media platform, as with many of the other platforms, it's changing how it operates on, on a regular basis. So I thought what we would do is we would look at some evergreen kind of things that need to be considered for your LinkedIn profile. Um, Graham uh, is our resident social media expert. So we're going to look at what does a good LinkedIn profile look like. And even though LinkedIn has been around for a long time, I'm still amazed at some of the LinkedIn profiles, i.e. see salespeople um, using and, and having <laughs> ranging from unbelievably strange photographs or no photographs at all and to sometimes borderline inappropriate content on them. But Graham, over to you. <laughs> what, as a sales professional, what should your LinkedIn profile look like? Well, the answer to that is a typical consultant's answer because the answer is it all depends. And the reason it all depends is because it depends upon what your objective for your LinkedIn profile is. So some people listening to this will want to be using LinkedIn to find another job. Now, I'm not suggesting that as a listener that you're unhappy with your employer, but people do want career progression. And LinkedIn is one of the principal ways now that businesses find other staff. And even if they're not using it as the main way, they're using a recruitment agency or whatever to find sales staff, the decision-making process will be based upon your LinkedIn profile. So people are rejected because of their LinkedIn profile. They don't know they've ever been up for a job, but they're rejected because their LinkedIn profile is incorrect. So, or doesn't show any reason why I should employ you as a salesperson. So if you want to get a job as a salesperson, somewhere else or to progress your career what you have in your LinkedIn profile has got to be completely different to what if you want to use LinkedIn to help forge relationships with your existing clients uh, or to help find new clients or build you know generate leads and those kind of things that's a completely different kind of LinkedIn profile so the first decision you have to make is am I after a job am I after customers the problem with the first one is if you're after a job, is that your employer can immediately see from your LinkedIn profile that you no longer wish to work for them. <laughs> You've got all the sales managers who regularly listen to the sales chat show in a state of paranoia now, <laughs> looking at their sales team's LinkedIn profiles while we're speaking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so if your LinkedIn profile is about looking for another job, what you're trying to do is obviously impress any future employer of your success that you've had yeah. within your current job. 
Whereas if you're looking for a customer, they don't want to hear that you're brilliant at sales because they just don't want to hear that you've broken all the records because they're going to feel under pressure and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So what they don't want to see is any of that. So you've got to work out who's this for. So if it's really going to be for your customers to create relationships with customers, then your LinkedIn profile has got to be not about you. And this yeah. is the big thing that people get wrong. Their profile becomes an extended CV. And so it says, you know, I worked here and then I did that. And then in 1996, I moved to this company. Uh, I was there for two years. And in 1998, I moved to this company. And uh, we hear all about the work there, by which time we're already bored, fed up, and we've clicked to the next person because we're not interested in your career. And that's the big problem with LinkedIn. It asks you to fill everything in, just like a CV, your basic career. You no know customer is interested in what you did 20 years ago. So you've got to have a completely different profile to the way LinkedIn suggests you fill it in. Ah, okay. So don't, don't necessarily follow LinkedIn's advice then. Nope. So when LinkedIn says, you completed your profile, you're a... Hundred percent, hundred percent, superstar. Uh, you know, LinkedIn profiler. Uh, what you've got to look at is what they're suggesting is a great profile. And the one thing you need to realise is that LinkedIn makes the bulk of its money from recruitment agencies. Okay. So, even though you could have a, a LinkedIn um, premium account where you're paying money, most people don't have a premium account. It doesn't make money. It makes about a quarter of its money from premium accounts. It makes about 5% of its money from advertising. And the rest of the money comes from selling data to recruitment companies. And so LinkedIn wants you to fill in your profile yeah. so it suits <coughs> recruitment companies because that's what they're selling. But if what you're wanting to do is to use LinkedIn to help you create better relationships with your customers, you've got to forget what LinkedIn tells you to do and you've got to fill it in differently. So you can still follow, I mean, I sometimes say to salespeople, you know, following the 100% thing just will kind of encourage you, force you to do a good job of completing. Yeah. But it's how you're completing yeah, it, not, not the what. It's not it? the what, it's, it's the yeah. how, but it's also okay. the order that you put things in. So LinkedIn will suggest that the order is, you know, your current job, and then below that, all your other jobs. And as I said, no... Your customer isn't interested in what you did 20 years ago uh, and where you worked. Uh, what they're interested in is what can you do for them. Yeah. So you've got to change the order of these things. So on your profile, when you edit your profile, you can move these things about. People don't often realise that it's a drag-and-drop kind of system. So you can click on that stuff about your past experience and you can drag that down to the bottom of the page so that if, by the merest you know, off chance that your customer is really interested to know what you did 20 or 30 years ago, they can see it, but it's a long scroll down the page yeah. to find it. If I complete uh, my LinkedIn profile in the customer's interests, so to speak, but um, I then decide that I want to use it to get a new job, can you sort of file version one whilst producing version two for three months, or have you got to completely start again and after I've got myself a new job, I've got to go back to the first version. Well, there are things you can do. Um, so you can change the order of these things. So if you're looking for a new job, you can put the experience back up at the top so you can yeah. drag it up and down. So you haven't lost the other bits of content. 
so you haven't got to delete them, but they're just further down the page. But there are other things you can do. So you can add things like projects. And so you can put a project on, and your current project could be something, if you're trying to create a relationship with a customer, it could be something you're working on that will help that customer. Okay. And that becomes a project. And then if you're looking for a job, you then just move that project further down the page so that it doesn't become as important. Because mm. people read from the top down, they generally see the top 20%, the bottom 80% disappears, that old 80-20 rule that you're familiar with. Mm. And is this, is this just good, solid, benefit-laden yes. sales copy, for want of a better word, or uh, all of our listeners would understand benefits, you know, what's in it for the customer, so you need a benefit-laden LinkedIn profile if you if you are headed if your focus yeah. of your so what, LinkedIn profile is finding customers, yeah. benefit laden, what you do for customers. So that, yeah, one of the things to do that is your job title. So people put in you know Graham Jones, and then they well they would only put that in if they were me, obviously. Yeah. But you know they put in their name, and then underneath they put in senior sales um, executive brackets Midlands close brackets. Uh, and then whatever else the rest of their sales, their job yeah, title is. Yeah. And nobody gives a monkeys what your job title is. So where it says job title, don't put your job title. Put what you achieve for people. So, you know, you might achieve, if you're selling widgets... I help clients... I help blah, blah, clients blah. use widgets okay. better or yeah, okay. whatever no, it is. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. just put in what you do for them rather than your okay. job title. Because frankly, nobody cares about job titles other than the people within that business. It's yeah. irrelevant to anybody else. I mean, I sometimes, I sometimes talk to salespeople um, uh, around job titles uh, as an aside, and, and sometimes, you know, they, it, it can be helpful if you have a quite a senior-sounding job title if you want to get in front of senior managers. And I say, you can have an external job title and you can have an internal HR one yeah. that meets the inter- internal HR policy, your account executive, external job title, Account director or client director—it yeah. doesn't matter. Doesn't make That's an else. example of it's what the external customer is going to be interested yeah. in. That's the that's the kind of point. Yeah. So. Just coming back to your comment about um, having an appropriate photograph, I think that's a yeah. really important one for me because sometimes when I look at the you're invited to connect with this person and that person, when you look at those photographs, there's normally some sort of common themes going on there. There's the long-range photograph where you can Can't barely make them. out who it is yeah, you're looking at. skiing or on a Yes, they're skiing, or, or it's yeah. the golf trip to Jersey yeah. 10 years ago, and they're on the <laughs> yeah. steps of the hotel. Uh, the second one, of course, is the crime watch shot, where they're looking <laughs> as if they are the criminal. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the rather strange stalker look <laughs> from some... And then there's the inappropriate ones, I think you describe them. You can normally tell those because half the photograph is airbrushed out, which probably explains why they've got a smile on their face at the time. But presumably that's the Christmas party shot, uh, but we only want to see half of it. But when you look at the percentage-wise, if I had to put a figure on it, I would say probably 70% of those photographs are inappropriate. It's and it's not because we are being boring and and trying to be all somber about this. It is 
this is part of your first impression that you make you make with a customer. Certainly, my, my good friend Terry Brock, in a speaker in the states, and Gina Carr, they say you, people want to see your face on social media, yeah. so it needs to be a reasonable close-up. I think head and shoulders in appropriate business attire that suits your industry and the impression you wish to create. And a few no-nos for me. I mean, it depends on your industry. I mean, I have a, a family friend who's in television. She's a, she's a kind of a very outgoing, charismatic person in the industry or the part of the industry she's in. It's perfectly appropriate for her to have a bit more of a kind of a wacky photo because that's, 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 that's the kind of job that she does. But it's in keeping with your industry. It's in keeping with the, uh, the, the impression you want to create. No family pets, no sports photos, no party photos, no party clothing. You are just creating no long shots like Phil says. There's you staring over the, you know, there's the pyramids as the sun comes up. That's you, the small, tiny silhouette figure in front of... This means nothing to your clients, mm. nothing at all to nothing to your clients, and really, the you know the worst ones ever are people, you know, clearly in the middle of a really rather alcoholic party. Mm. It's just not creating no. the right impression. There, there is academic research on this, and the academic research looked at dwell time. Now, dwell time is yeah. how long people spend on the page. So, how long are people spending on the profile, and the longer the dwell time is associated directly with some factors on the page but the most significant connection between dwell time and time spent uh, and what's on the page is whether or not there is a close-up shot of the person's face and they are looking directly at the camera so you are looking in their eyes in just the same way as you would be if you were at a meeting and the person you're meeting made no eye contact with you you would be disconnected psychologically with them. You would probably never go back to meet them again, or you'd find it very difficult. So um, we're wanting to make eye contact with the person on the page. When we make eye contact with the person on the page, we spend longer on that profile. So if you want people to engage with your profile, you have got to have your face, but without the mugshot with the numbers underneath kind of face. So what you need is a professional photographer to take the picture. Now... If you're within a bigger business, they've probably already done that. They've probably already got professional pictures taken of you for your HR records. So use that. If they haven't done that, then suggest that it's done for the whole company because it'll be worthwhile to the business. And if that's not going to happen, then do it yourself. And yeah. get, get a professional photographer to come and take your picture. Go to a local studio, get somebody who knows what they're doing to take your profile picture. Can I ask you a question about something else? Testimonials, recommendations. Yep. How many do I need on my LinkedIn profile? And does it, frankly, matter? Uh, the answer to this comes with my brother-in-law. Uh, because my, <laughs> my brother-in-law decided to set up a LinkedIn profile. And he said uh, that he didn't understand this testimonial, recommendations as they call them on LinkedIn. Didn't understand it. And he thought it was a waste of time because... Uh, people who put them on there are only going to have positive things. There's going to be no negatives about you. It's mm. only going to be positive things. And so when you look at the recommendations, you know that it's biased. So why would you look at them anyway? And I said, it's all to do with the thud effect. So the thud effect is that if you prepare a report internally and you deliver that report to I thought audience. you meant when you drop your wallet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but when you, with the thud effect, you know, if your report is six pages... 
it doesn't thud onto the table. Whereas if you you know, use slightly bigger type and you you know put in lots of extra pages and it's that six pages has grown to forty eight pages and it thuds onto the table as it were makes a greater noise. People are much more impressed, even though the content would be the same as what was in the six pages. And so that's what you need for recommendations. The more you have, the better. And so my brother-in-law goes away, says he doesn't need all these recommendations, and he'll just do his profile. And I said, you need lots of recommendations. Anyway, several weeks later, where we were having Sunday lunch again, whatever, and he said, Graham, I've been looking at your LinkedIn profile. I said, have you? He said, yeah. You're all right, really, aren't you? <laughs> Bear in mind, this is my brother-in-law who I've known for, you know, 30-odd years. Um, he said, you're all right, really. I said, what makes you say that? He said, well, I started reading your profile, and he said, I scrolled down, and then I get halfway down, and there's recommendation after recommendation after recommendation. And I said, yep. And he said, and all I thought of at the time was, well, if that many people say something good about him, he must be all right. Yeah, and that's the important point. People weigh things by the pound. If you go to a website and there's 100 words about something and you're looking at an alternative website where there's 5,000 words about the same thing, you automatically think the 5,000-word website is better than the 100-word website because they must know more about it. So let me put you on the spot then. Do I need three recommendations 10 20 or 50 75 that yeah, many so, yeah just go for as many as you can but people won't read them that, that, that's not the point i'm not asking people to read them i'm just asking people to see that there's lots of them okay that's the point you need lots of them in order to have that thud effect which is the robert cialdini social proof Absolutely. principle isn't yep. it of that uh, human beings are influenced by the behaviour of other human yeah. beings. So if 75 seems to be the magic number. No, I realise I'm just, just <laughs> off the top of it. So if 75 people say Graham's a great guy, it must mean Graham's a great guy. Yeah. It's the TripAdvisor principle, the yeah. Amazon book review principle. Yeah. But I can't control the, the running order on those testimonials, can I? Uh, so can. if I've got a corker of a testimonial from Richard Branson, and then I've got 50 from Mr Nobody that follow, won't that drop the corker of a recommendation right to the bottom of the pile. Well, it, it could do, but then what I would do is that I would write something on a status update on my page saying, you know, just thank you very much to Richard Branson for the latest wonderful recommendation he's given me. Even though he might be number 50 in the pack. Copying that recommendation okay. into my status update, and okay. then people see that mm. on my status update and in my um, profile. So I'm thank I'm, all I'm doing is thanking him. It just happens to be that now my status update is alerted to everyone that's the other important thing that if you are not updating your status on LinkedIn you become invisible to your connections so let's imagine that you've got 250 connections on LinkedIn yeah. each of those people have 250 connections and so they are going to see when they log into LinkedIn on that timeline of stuff that's in front of them if everybody on that page, if every one of their 250 connections has updated their status once that day, they've got 250 things to read. And they're not going to do that. They're going to scroll down, see the latest. People scroll down largely for less than 30 seconds. So you go down, they're not going to see very much. So they're only going to see out of, if everybody's updating once a day, 250 updates, they're going to see about 15. So that means if you update even once a day, you are almost invisible. 
So in order to be present on people's uh, status updates, when they, their timeline, when they, link to, when they go onto LinkedIn, you need to be updating several times a day status updates. And the best way to do that is to update your status with regular recommendations of things they can read. Yeah. So these might be blog posts that, uh, that are on your company website. They might be useful videos. Uh, they can, and you can automate that to automatically add the status updates to LinkedIn. You can do that through, through something called Buffer. You can do it through Hootsuite. So there are different ways you can do that. And then what happens then is people aren't necessarily going to look at these things. They're not necessarily going to click on the links. But it means every time they go on to LinkedIn, they're reminded that you exist. So it's visibility and credibility, yeah. if you like. It's, yeah. Here I am. Visibility, credibility, here's some, here's good some stuff interesting stuff. Yeah. Some and interesting then every stuff. now and then they will click on it and they'll go, thank you very much for the yeah. good stuff. That was a useful thing to recommend. Is there, a, is there a fine line between being regularly credible and irritable? Well, it's really difficult. Irritating, to, wrong. It's really difficult to be irritating because what you're going to have to do is be updated. If you look at your LinkedIn <clears throat> timeline, if you, you go onto LinkedIn and you just stay on it for a minute, you'll notice you know, it says you know, several other things have been added to your timeline and you have to refresh and another yeah. whole load of things come in. So in order to be irritating, you've got to be adding things at such a speed, such a rate, that you're doing it faster than all the other connections that that person has. And so, so the only way you're going to be irritating is if the person on LinkedIn only has five connections and you're the only person updating and you're doing it 20 times a day, all they see is 20 from you and maybe one or two from the others. So then you become irritated. But I might also share some, you know, sometimes things that I think my LinkedIn connections will be interested in. You know, it's not necessarily anything to do with me, it's a piece of research or something, something interesting. Quite. And you get all sorts of things happening. You know, I've got a, got a message yesterday from, you know, this, we're recording this on a Monday, it was on a Sunday, this guy, this guy, I posted something, this guy popped in and put a really nice comment about how great the training was, it experienced from me, so therefore I'm going to kind of ask him nicely of what he said in there, could he put on yeah. a, put on a recommendation, Quite, yeah. you know, that, that was just from, from a, but it, if I hadn't reminded him I existed, yep. there's, a, there's a chance, there's a chance he could, he could yeah. forget. And a, and a tip I picked up from, from one of our colleagues in the Professional Speaking Association, I mean this is particularly relevant if you're using your LinkedIn profile for job hunting, is you can actually go into your settings and turn off the notifications that you've made changes while yeah. you're making yeah. the changes, then turn that back on That's again. Right. Or you can leave it turned off. You don't actually have to let your network know you've made a change. Obviously, you would want to, but if you don't want your organisation necessarily to know, or you don't want your, you know, you're, yeah. you're fiddling around improving your profile every time you do it, you're updating, just go into settings, turn off that notification make the changes and then turn it back on when you've done it and you won't be bombarding your network or your boss yeah. with the fact that you've made, you've, made any, you've made any changes. And once you've got your profile organised and you're updating and you're, you're visible and credible, you then need to be appearing in the discussion groups because what you need to be doing is be inhabiting those discussion groups because in those discussion groups you'll find your customers talking about whatever it is that you sell mm -hmm. and if you are there contributing to that discussion group the chances are your competitors won't be talking about it so you're already got an advantage because your business is in those yeah. groups talking about helping them giving them advice giving them support and the thing is that every time there's something in a discussion group it appears on every member of that discussions groups timeline yeah 
And those people are not necessarily people you have connections with because they may be, you may not be connected to them. So you're now appear by being in discussion groups, you're now appearing as a credible source of information on the timeline of people you currently don't have any connection with. And is the old adage of going into those groups and being helpful yeah. and contributing and giving yeah. still as important Absolutely. as it always was, yeah. rather than going in and selling? You're not there to sell. Yeah. You're there yeah. to give information, to support and be a friendly face and somebody who's really helpful yeah. because then that provides that firm foundation for you to be able to sell at a later day. Yeah. Well, you can put little things in what we have found with our clients, is yeah, if yeah. They do, and which is subtle. It's subtle selling, isn't it? But the emphasis is still on helping, not on selling yourself and your... Absolutely, yeah. Anything else, gentlemen, on LinkedIn? No, I think I need to get off and uh, update my profile. uh, Yeah, absolutely, folks. So if you're listening to this and you've not had your LinkedIn profile in front of you, you might want to listen to this again with your LinkedIn profile and and have a look and see see how your profile is looking. I I can feel a flurry of photo changes, I'm hoping, as a result of of this session, if, if nothing... So, your profile, a couple of points I've gathered from Graham, it's not about you. It's about your customer or your target employer, if you're looking for jobs. Um, it's not necessarily what, it's the how, it's how you're coming across benefit-laden. You can change the order on your profile, drag and drop. Um, rather than your job title, put something that's a benefit to the, to the customer in there. Use of status updates to keep yourself nice and visible in front of your customers and, and just keep your eye on LinkedIn and all the other social media platforms because they're, they're always updating Constantly things on a, on a yeah. constant basis so you know what is happening one day on the platform will, will, sometimes, will sometimes change so uh, keep your eye on your social media and keep your profile nice and high so this has been Graham Jones Phil Jesson and I'm Simon Hazeldean for saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this week's episode good luck and good selling folks You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 